Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Wow, I feel old. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll get you back on that one. <laughs> hey, it's so good to be here. We got out of the car and I said to Pastor Nancy, I said, I had this dream. I dreamed that this pandemic hit the world and that we couldn't come here for three years. And I thought, wait, that wasn't a dream. <laughs> For those of you that are new, but never met, um, we're family around here. We love this church. We love your pastors. We look forward to coming and we're so glad to be back. Yes. 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 Woohoo. So I'll just say this. You're um, talking about victory. My daddy used to say to me at least once a day, Jan, you got the victory? And you know, that wasn't the time to go, nope, daddy, I don't have it today. Oh, no, 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 no. He expected me to say, yes, sir, I've got the victory. Regardless of how I felt, regardless of what I was going through, regardless of anything, I was to say, yes, sir, I've got the victory. Because victory is not dependent on what's going on around us. And I'll tell you, the outward expression of victory is the shout. Yeah. That's why we shout. Woo! Yeah, it's good. Have you, I've never seen a team, two teams playing football, baseball, whatever, basketball. I've never seen the losing team shout. It just doesn't happen. But the winning team and the people in the stands watching, they shout. (laughs) Because they've won. Jesus won for us. We are winners. Doesn't matter what you may be going through. It may look like an impossible situation we were just singing about. But let me tell you, nothing is impossible for God. That's right. Nothing is impossible for God. And whatever it is that you need of, you just put your faith out for it right now. In these next few services, whether it's healing, whether it's a miracle of any kind, begin to shout. Begin to thank him for the answer. Begin to thank him for the victory because Jesus already paid the price and we are victorious. Hallelujah. One more time, give him a shout. It's good. Keep going. I said, keep going. She said, I'm done, but I don't think she is. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's always more. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, it's, as my lovely wife said, it's so good to be here with you. It's good to be back. You know, I can't believe it's been going on three years. Time flies when you're having fun. I'm not sure we're having that much fun but uh, during that time. But uh, no, seriously, it's, it's good to be back out here. We love, as you've heard, we, we love your pastors. You know, in, in life, um, you'll have a lot of acquaintances, but you don't have a lot of friends. You know, like somebody said, if you can count your, if, if you can count your friends on one hand, you're a blessed person. And uh, you, you have a lot of acquaintances, and you're grateful for those, but sometimes God gives you these lifetime friends. And you get down, you know, like, like someone once said, you know, with a real friend, you can, you can you know, go separate ways and not see each other for a number of years, and when you get back together, you pick up on the sentence you left off on. And uh, so we have just been having a wonderful, wonderful time with, uh, with friends and, uh, and, then, and, and then this church. What a blessing this church is. In fact, um, we were just praying just before we came down from the ready room up there. I'm not sure what you call yours. Ours, they call ours the green room, but there's nothing green in it. I don't, I haven't got it figured out. But anyway, 
But, um, you know, we're just sitting up there and, and, and all of a sudden just, we just started praying just to get ready to come down the service. And, and I mean, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost moved in. And we were praying and we found ourselves praying about this house, this church, this ministry. And uh, the fact you haven't seen anything yet. God always, God always. You remember when Jesus went to the very first miracle, Mark chapter 2, I believe it was. He went, very first miracle, went, he went to the marriage feast in Cain of Galilee. And he turned the water into wine. And, and after they ran out, he worked this miracle. And the governor of the feast took some and he said, wow. He said, most places they serve the good stuff first. And then whatever's left, they serve at the end. He said, you do it different. You save the best for last. And that's just the way God works. And we're 2,000 years into the church age. And the Bible did say after two days, he'll revive us. Well, with God, two days is 2,000 years. So technically, we got this promise after 2,000 years. There's a great reviving coming. We're, we're actually a few, we're a few years over into it, but that's all right. And then the third day, he'll raise us up. We'll live in his sight. Looks to me like about uh, 2,000 years, a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost, a great harvest of souls, a great running in the rain of the Spirit of God. Then we're, then we're out of here. So... Uh, Somebody says, when's that going to be? Well, I'm not allowed to tell you. But anyway, so, praise God. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, again, we just kind of pick up where we were a few minutes ago. Father, we thank you. We thank you for good friends and good fellowship. We thank you, Father, for the time we have together with the pastors and the leadership. We're so grateful for that. But, Father, we don't take that lightly. In life, a lot of where you go depends upon your, your uh, connections and your relationships. And we don't take those lightly. Those have to come from heaven. And we're grateful for it. But this church, this house, dear Father, hallelujah, what you have done. Lord, we know it takes a time. It's a process to get roots down as far as the roots are in this house. Way down deep where it doesn't matter what, what uh, pandemic comes along. Doesn't matter what economic thing comes along. Doesn't matter what comes along. The root systems are so, so down deep into the bedrock. They're down so deep into the rivers that are underground. Thank you, dear Father. Hallelujah. That's taken time, but you've got it to this place. And now you've saved the best for last. And I thank you, Father. Great, great. And now, the way things were done is not the way things are going to be done. For there is a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the living God shall take place. The glory of God shall be made manifest, yes, even in and out from this place. Signs and wonders will flow like a river. We're about to experience the Almighty Giver. Mighty things are going to be done. And, and uh, a lot of places, but specifically now this house, will rise up and run. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Father. Lives that will be touched. Lives that will be changed. Many things and many families will be rearranged. People launched into their call and their place. People that have been looking and looking are going to find their lane and walk in their grace. We thank you, dear Father. Hallelujah. It's not time to slow down. It's not time to just bide our time. No, we're connected to the one who's eternally divine. And so we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Whoa, let's give him praise and thanks. <laughs> La, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah. And a sea of young people. A sea of young people. Now, young, young, is, young is relative. I'm young. But anyway, my hair just got ahead of me. But anyway... 
Hallelujah. 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 I'm on the edge between prophesying and just predicting. I'm not sure which it is, but there's a, there's a, a wave of young people that are going to start saying, I'm looking for something real. I'm looking for something real. I've tried this, 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 and this. Even in the church world, I've tried this, 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 and this. And that's okay. But there's a wave of young people that are going to rise up and say, uh, I don't want what I've seen before. I'm really hungry. I've got to see more. Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. It's not every. It's not every leader that knows the Spirit of God in that realm. Knows the power gifts, the utterance gifts, the revelation gifts. Knows how to yield to that. It's not every leader. God's blessed you here. Hallelujah. These folks know how to run and flow with the Spirit of God. When the rivers begin to run, they can jump in any river. They're not stuck in one. One starts to get a little dry, they just jump over in another one. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The future's bright. We're walking in the light. Hallelujah. Don't take our place and put the devil to flight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Seems like I remember this from the last time we were here, two and a half years ago. There's just a good presence. There's a, a hovering presence in here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't take that lightly. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you ahead of time. You know, I've been everywhere. We heard the song on the TV the other day. I've been everywhere, man. I've been every, everywhere. Been everywhere. Been, we've been everywhere, almost literally. But uh, it's not everywhere. Not to take anything away from anyone that's in a different lane. Not to take anything away from anyone that maybe sees things differently. But I'll tell you what. One thing I do know. That what the Holy Ghost is doing. We heard our spiritual daddy for years say, you know what God's doing today? He's, he's, this has been, what, 20 years ago. He's building strong local churches. But he didn't stop there. He's building strong local churches that know how to flow with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you what. You mark my words. You mark my words. Hallelujah. Hang on. Fasten your seatbelts. Buckle up. Glory to God. In a good way. Hallelujah. You know, when you're on a plane, they say, buckle up. That means things are about to change. You're either going up, going down, going sideways. You're going somewhere, but you buckle up. You... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Whoa, glory to God. Somebody's getting healed right now. There's a catch. It's not just a stiff neck. You got I'd call it a catch. It's like, you, you know, on a, not all the time, but pretty consistently, there's, it's a catch in your neck. You can get it just so far, and something catches in your, in your neck there somewhere. And whoever that is, power God's healing that right now. Whoever you are, just wave your hand at me. So you're getting healed. There's a, there's a, a catch. Not, I don't mean just a stiff neck, okay? I don't mean you, you know, you, I don't know how it happened, whether it's just a, a disease or whether it was from an accident or, a, you know, maybe you got T-boned or rear-ended or whatever. But uh, somebody, uh, you, you're, you're getting healed in the area of your neck. There's like a catch in your neck. You just get it so far and it catches. And uh, you have to wait later on. It'll, it'll loosen up. But for a while, it just stays caught like that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise God. Whoa, there's a bunch of things happening right now. Just lift your hands and... And just receive. Let the Spirit of God, let Him work on you. Let Him work you over. Holly, yeah, that, that area right next to the heart. It's not the heart itself. Probably in the arteries, I would say. Right next to the heart, there's a pressure. There's a, a very, it's a, a discomfort right in the heart area. 
I don't know what it is. Don't know if you've had it diagnosed or not. I don't know. But I can tell you right now, if you did, next time you go back, they're going to tell you something's different. Hallelujah. Getting healed right around the area of the heart. Glory to God. Praise God. Something about the, what is that? The carotid artery? Is that the one in the, in the, in the neck? Something in the carotid artery. Just seems like it's, it's, uh, it's kind of uh, plugged up. Something's going in the carotid artery. It even actually affects the blood flow to your brain. Something in the carotid artery. You're getting healed right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is cleaning that out. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, yes. And I don't know what you did. I think you fell at one particular point. It's a lot easier to do in Michigan than it is out here, you know, wintertime. Somebody fell at some particular point and you, you hit the very end of your tailbone. And you've lived with a, almost a constant uh, ache. If you sit very long, you're hoping I don't preach long, because if you sit very long, that starts to really ache. That really the very bottom part of your tailbone. And there's nothing they can do for that. They can't, you can't go to a chiropractor and get that adjusted. I don't think, you know, you just need a healing. Well, power of God's good. It's flowing down actually from about the mid part of your spine all the way down to the very end of your spine. And you're going to notice in the next couple of days, you're going to notice it's getting... It say, well, it still feels the same. Well, you just watch. Over the next couple of days, it's going to get better and better and better. And you're not going to live the rest of your life that way. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Well, we're going to have a couple good days around here. We're going to have just fun. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Well, why don't you go ahead and be seated. Turn to somebody and tell them they look better than they did last week. Got anything else? Nothing? You got anything? You sure? That's not a real emphatic no. You sure you haven't got something else? You got that look on your face like you're not real sure. Yeah, go ahead. Come on, just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands and begin to worship Him. Just begin to lift up your hands and we worship you in this place, dear Lord. We worship you because it's all about you. We worship you, the mighty one who's come to see, to say, and to do in our midst. We praise you. We thank you. We give you glory in this house, in this house, in this house. In this house, in this house, Yes, for in this house. There's much that's been said about this house from without. There are those that have spoken things over this house, actually from other locations. But there are things that have been spoken uh, about this house, but actually in this house. In this house. There are things that it was designed for. It was raised up by the Spirit of God. And in this house, things you've dreamed about and thought about and prayed about and even heard prophesied about. They're all going to come to pass. For the Lord's not a man that he should lie, or the spirit of man, or, or, or the son of man that he should repent. He, he spoke it, he'll make it good. And it'll all come to pass. For in this house, there shall come creative miracles. There'll be those that'll come from far and wide to come and come in here long enough to get their miracle and go back home. Others will move from other places and they'll come and they'll, uh, here they'll abide. For, for uh, this is a house um, 
of prayer, but it's also a house of the word and miracles. And the miracles will flow, and you'll begin to soon find yourself in some other uh, rivers. Those that you've just bumped into now and then, but before long, you'll find you'll get one foot in another river, and then pretty soon both feet in another river, and you'll say, oh my, my, the glory that's in this house is what we've prayed and looked for for many a day. Now we've changed directions and we're going in a whole new way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for you too, who are shepherds of this house, and for actually, there in the realm of heaven, uh, heaven can see written across your foreheads a, a word that says "faithful," and and uh, faithful you have been, and faithful you are, and faithful you'll always be. And because of the faithfulness, everything you prayed about, you're going to see. Oh yeah, and mighty things are going to be done, and ministries ministries going to it's going to become more and more fun. And, and even the way, even the way you've been in the wisdom of heaven, navigating even recent years, even the way you've navigated that by his wisdom, oh yeah, you're going to see that much will take place in the future because you've found, he's found that you can be trusted. And oh yeah, and the trust of heaven will come on you, and the miracles will flow from you, and the grace of God will flow out of you, and nations will be reached because of you. So it's time to rise up and rejoice because you continue over and over again to make the right choice. Hallelujah. 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 So rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Don't let the enemy make you mad. Hallelujah. <laughs> Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice yeah. and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I hope y'all don't mind. Y'all, y'all. I'm not, I'm not from the South. But I've lived with the South for 43 years? Wow. 43 years. Surely I'm not that old. But anyway. Now, I, hope I started to say, I, I hope you don't mind. But, uh, you know, I, I've, already, I've already let a little, this whatever we're in here, I let a little bit of that slop over on me. I've already got a part of an answer I was looking for. Uh, so so uh, I just I just I just went I just jumped in and, and snagged some of that. So anyway, <laughs> hallelujah, praise God. Well, let's just go a little further. We got two days. We have two days. We have four services. I'm glad. I'm glad. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, um, uh, I, I'm just gonna. You know, I used to start a scripture and then work my way back to it. But uh, I'll just hit a bunch of them. We'll see where we go. Um, you know, um, probably, you know, you heard Pastor Mark talk about, you know, Brother Hagen, Reverend Kenneth E. Hagen. But he's been over in heaven for, we say, almost 20 years. Yeah. 
19 years. Just, uh, just hard to believe. But, um, you know, uh, probably the one thing that he, he taught all of us that had the, the privilege to be around him, his ministry. And, and of course, thank God for recordings and books. And my, I, I, Brother Hagin lives in my, in my iPhone. Every time I get in my car, I plug it in and I listen to him. If I'm going to the church, if I'm going, you know, if I'm going to lunch, I, I, I just listen to him because, because you know, in a, in a 30 year period that he walked on this earth, that we were around him, um, you know, there's so much that he he sowed in. He kept saying, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of personality out of me. All you get is just meat and potatoes. I thought I'll, I can live on that, okay, and uh, not a lot of fluff and fads and all that. But um, you know, he he. Uh, you know, he made the statement uh, for, for the last couple of years before he checked out and went to heaven 19 years ago. He said, what, you know, he said, you know what God's doing today is he's building strong local churches that know how to flow with the Holy Ghost. Now, that's 20 years ago. And in the last 20 years, sometimes the Holy Ghost will say things that you can hang on to because in the days to come, it doesn't look like that's what's working. You know, he said that, and then he left, and all of a sudden the whole world, church world, much of the church world, turned different directions, and the Holy Ghost wasn't as uh, heeded to as he was before. It's like, well, he said that, but we went, church world went the other direction. No, he said that, so the Holy Ghost had something to work with, and it was by special faith. Special faith doesn't always come to pass the first day, the first year, the first decade, but it'll come to pass. So you just watch. You just, you just, I was going to say hide and watch. Don't hide. Watch and pray. Because that's what is going to take place. Not every church is going to go that way. Not, we don't mean that critically. But not every church that you know, will go that way. But you, you mark my words. Just because of what was said 28 to 25 years ago, um, what you'll see in the church world, you're going to see an, an, a, a, a move of God amongst churches that will be... Uh, Holy Ghost churches that will know how to flow with the Holy Ghost. There, there's going to come a whole new dimension of that. Some of us saw some of it years ago and it kind of peaked a little bit and then it kind of went a different direction. But it's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, but the, I think probably the one thing we're grateful for is the one thing he taught us is, is the Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. It's not just the Word. It's not just the Spirit. You know, if you get too much Word with no Spirit, you'll, you'll dry up and blow away. You get too much Spirit without any Word, and you just blow up and fly away, you know? So, so it's always the combination of the two. And um, I was, you know, been praying for a couple days on what direction to go, and I finally got to church and I got to the front row this morning, and I got that phrase, the Word and the Spirit. I'm so grateful I got that before I got up here by 15 minutes <laughs> but anyway um, everything God does and, and I, I believe this is what he's what he's getting across to the church world you know um, praying about a lot of different things in more recent times the one thing God really kept stirring me about is never try to keep up with somebody else never try to outdo somebody else never try to see how much God's not impressed with how much you do he's just he's more impressed with how obedient you are and, and the one thing he really seemed to keep uh, emphasizing to me, which I'm pretty much sure it's what all of us get, it's that that is find your lane and stay in it. Just stay in your lane. Just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. The people I look back over in the last 40-some years of my life that have greatly influenced my life, if I look at the one characteristic they all had, they stayed in their lane. They just, they just found what their call was, and they stuck with it. Okay? 
And there's something about finding your lane, staying in your lane. Well, you've got to find it, but then there's a lot of temptation to try to get out. And, well, this worked for so-and-so, and this worked for so-and-so. Well, I'm not so-and-so. I just got to find what's going to work for me, whatever my lane is. You know, in, in school, in, in junior high and high school, I, my favorite sport was track and field. Loved to run. Like one fellow said, whatever my mouth couldn't get me out of, my feet could. Um, you know. <laughs> It's good to be able to run at times. But, but, <laughs> where'd that come from? But anyway, um, but the one thing I do know is, you know, it's, it, uh, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't have the energy to be the long distance when I was, I was a sprinter. And, and, you know, you'd start out, you had to stay in your lane. You get out of your lane, you get disqualified. And I look back and I knew, I knew whether I'm going to win or lose, I better stay in my lane. And I think in the church world, it's what we're doing. We're staying in our lane. And the one thing we learn the most about is that everything God does, He does by His Word and His Spirit. By His Word and His Spirit. It's not one or the other. It's it's a combination of of both. You know, a friend of mine said the Lord spoke to him one time, and he'd had a he'd had a you know just a real good service in his church, pastor, and and you know had good good teaching. It was real good. And he said he's driving home. Said the Holy Ghost spoke to him. Said, "What's wrong?" He said, "Well, he said I'm just, I'm just, you know, I don't know. I've, you know, we just, we just really, we just all we had was teaching this morning." And said the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, "Sometimes I want a good day in the Word. Some day, times I want a good day in the Spirit. Usually, I want a good day where the two blend together." And, and I believe, you know, it's, it's sometimes you have just a good day in the Word. Sometimes you have a good day in the Spirit. But you know, probably mm, a lot of the time we ought to have a combination of both. The Word and the Spirit. But if you go back through, um, uh, everything God has ever done, He's done by the Word and the Spirit. I mean, go back to the book of beginnings. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. You know, so for, for six days, God said and it was so. God said and it was so. And God said and it was so. So we, we've done lessons on that for, you know, 2,000 years. We've, we've preached on God said and it was so and the power of the spoken word and all that. But if we don't watch it, we miss this one little phrase there where it says, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said. See, it, was, it wasn't just the Word doing it. It wasn't just the Spirit doing it. The Spirit was there ready to take the Word and confirm it. Everything God does, He does by the two coming together. You can go back through. I mean, you find where uh, Solomon, at the dedication of Solomon's temple, got this gorgeous temple they built, but he makes this statement. He said, oh God, he's praying, God, you spoke this to my father David with your mouth, but you fulfilled it with your hand. Wow. It's always the two working together. You know, I mean, when the angel appeared to Mary, talked about this supernatural childbirth. Yeah. She said, how shall this be? Saying, I know not a man. Okay. And he said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Power of the highest shall overshadow you. And she said, well, be it unto me according to your word. The word came, but the Spirit of God fulfilled. So see, if we just try to get by with one or the other, we're going we're gonna to miss something. But it's, it's both. And, and I kind of want to land on that because, you know, I, I know the kind of feeding you get in this house. I know, okay? We could just come in, have two days of wild run the aisle, jump the pew, and swing from the chandelier Holy Ghost meetings. I think we've had some of those before. You know, but, but, you know, we could do that because I know the level of the word. I know. I know what you get to feed on. Okay? Um, but yet everything God does, he, he, we weave in and out. He, he does both. And, um, you know, if you go back through, 
Uh, I'm going to go back to Exodus, the 33rd chapter, just for a few minutes. And, and uh, there's some other directions I want to go. Otherwise, we, you know, I mean, look it up if you want to. That's great. Look it up later if you want to, uh, you know. But Exodus 33rd chapter, where, of course, uh, you know, God's delivered Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. And they get out there and, and Moses goes up on the mount for 40 days. He comes back down and they've taken all their gold and silver. They threw it into a pot and made a golden cow and they're down there having a a party there's music and dancing but it wasn't by the holy ghost and and so moses comes down there he's got the ten commandments he sees what's going on he smashes those he goes and he grinds the cow up into powder throws it on the water and makes them all drink it okay he's really upset really upset and so you get over here a little bit later and and, and Moses talking to God, God's talking to Moses, and, and God's talking to Moses. He says, you go ahead now, I've got a promised land for you. And I'm going to take you in. I'm gonna, in other words, I will keep my word. I'm going to give you everything I said I'd give you. I'm going to take everything there. I'm going to send you into a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to drive out the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and I'm going to give it to my favorites. Okay? I'm going to... I said it, I said it, and I'll do it, and I spoke it, and I'll make it good, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it all to pass. You'll be able to build goodly houses and live in them. You know, you're not going to have to water the place with your foot, no irrigation systems. You're going to have rains that flow. You're going to have rivers and ponds and streams. And it's going to be exactly like I said, and I will, I'm going to send my angel before you, just like I said. I'm going to send my angel before you. He'll drive out all the enemies. I'll, I'm not going to give it to you all at once because it'll, it would over, overgrow. So I'm going to give it to you as you need it. I'll send my angel in and ahead of you to drive the enemy out, and I'll give you the property. See, some things take time. If we got everything we wanted all at once, it probably would overtake us. Sometimes it's a, it's a progression where as we need it, he brings it in. So, so anyway, uh, he says, you know, he says, but... Exodus 33. But this is a stiff-necked people. And he says, lest I consume them along the way. <laughs> They're not real popular in my book right now. <laughs> lest I consume them along the way. I'm sending you in. I'm giving, I'm, I'll keep my word. I'll always keep my word. But one little issue here. I'm sending you in. But I'm not going with you. I'm not going with you. You know, it's a real interesting place right there because, in other words, I'm going to give you gold, silver, houses. I'm going to give you raiment. I'm, I'm going to give you property. I'm going to give you lands. I'm going to give you all this stuff. There probably are people that would, get, would have said, okay, yeah, let's go. That sounds really good. But I love the fact that Moses makes a statement. I'm going to take the short course here. Moses makes a statement. He says, God, we got an issue here. If you don't go with us, how are the people going to know who are yours and who aren't? How do they know the difference between those who are God's? He said, if, if your presence, here's where I'm going with this. If your presence doesn't go with us, how are they going to know who are yours? Do you notice the only real difference between those that are the saints and the ain'ts? The only real difference is the presence of God. If we start deleting the presence of God, ignoring the presence of God, putting the presence of God in the closet somewhere in the back, telling Him we'll let you know when we need you, because right now things are going good. You know, you can, you can be blessed, you can have food, clothing, shelter, you can have money, you can have properties, you can have all this other stuff, but I tell you, if you don't have the presence of God, what have you got? And that's what Moses said. He said, God, he said, he said in fact, to the point, he said, God, if you don't go, I don't want to go with, I, I don't want to go. 
You send them in. If, if you don't go, I don't want to go. And what God say? He said, okay. I love that. Okay, I'll go. Well, now Moses, that's not enough for him. He said, now, now again, if you don't go, they don't know if you, who, who belongs to you. He says, I'll go. He said, yeah, I don't, yeah, but God, you have to understand. If you don't go, finally God said, I told you I'd go. He said, all right, Lord. What did he say then? Show me your glory. Show me your glory. He said, I want a confirmation of this whole thing. I want to see your glory. And that's, that's what I want to talk about for a few minutes this morning, is the glory or what we'd call the manifested presence of God. I believe the church. I've got, I've got more stirring. I've got more stirring in me right now. My goodness. <laughs> we, we could weave in and out of that all morning long here. I've got a stirring on the inside of me that we're bumping up against an age of glory like we've never seen before. Haggai chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 said, The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. God's basically telling us, doesn't matter what you've seen before, you're about to see an awful lot more. Okay? And um, now you have to understand, you know, uh, I, I grew up in the church world. By the time I got to yeah, junior high over into high school, I decided it was extremely boring and uh, just headed out a different direction and just walked away from the things of God. Never had a lot to start with. It was kind of a nominal denominational church. But, you know, I, I, think, they, I think they preached the new birth. I'm not real sure. I never really listened. But, um, but you, know, um, you know, I just kind of went out uh, my own separate way, got away from God for a period of time, but never knew anything about the presence of God, you know. And uh, I, I stayed away from God. I was concerned if I got serving God, He might make me be a missionary. <laughs> but anyway, oh, if I'd only known. But anyway, but anyway, so um, uh, so you know, we didn't know anything about anything. We didn't know anything. We didn't know, you know, kind of like the 19th chapter of the book of Acts where uh, Paul went to, the, you know, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we've not heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. That's the church I went to. We had not heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. We didn't know anything about any of that. So anyway, on through, you know, going off into, you know, the next few years, Went, you know, got, went to a little full gospel church, got baptized, got my life right with God in a meeting in November 1972. Uh, the next year, found my way into a little full gospel church, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. You know, like somebody said, it's like getting saved all over again. Got me into a whole new dimension of the things of God. But, um, but uh, I, uh, I remember... Uh, went to, you know, Brother Hagin started Rhema in 1974. Uh, I, I got there a couple weeks late. I was always day late and a dollar short, you know. And I, and I, but they let me in. And uh, mercy of God. I, I'm not sure I ever filled out an application. I don't think I ever filled one out. They just said, come if you can make it. And I did. And uh, I got a diploma. I just never got an application. I don't Probably a good thing. But anyway, I... Uh, no background checks. <laughs> I'd still be looking to get into school. But anyway, so I, uh, uh, you know, so we was in school there for nine months' time. Long story short, got to the end of the year. And Brother Hagen was going to have four camp meetings. He'd, he'd had one since, uh, I think they're coming up on their 50th one this summer. 
And so he'd had one in 1973, one in 1974. They're coming up on 1975, but by this time the crowds are growing. And he's, got, he's trying to figure out what to do with this. So instead of having just the big one in Tulsa, which he'd had before, he's going to have one in Birmingham, one in Detroit, one in uh, Los Angeles, and one in Tulsa. And he, need, he wanted somebody, to, you know, a couple guys to travel with him and, and run TV cameras so they could videotape everything. And so another young fellow and myself, uh, he, they asked if we'd just travel with him and like to travel with him. I said, yeah, sure, why not? That sounds good. And um, I still remember the first meeting. We've, we graduated the end of May, first, very end of May, first part of June. The first meeting we went to was in uh, the, the Detroit area, which was real close to where I grew up, just a few miles away. Knew the territory, and it was uh, Troy, Michigan, and there was a Hilton Hotel there. And um, they, the full gospel businessmen would put up a tent every year, have a big uh, international full gospel businessmen's meeting in this tent out in the parking lot. Well, they did that, and Brother Hagen said, just leave it up, let me rent it, I want to do my camp meeting there. So we got there, and, and um, we started the meeting, I think, on a Sunday. And uh, we got into probably Monday night, Tuesday night, something like that. And Brother Hagen's ministering. You know, he's, we're doing morning meetings and afternoon meetings and evening meetings. And, and uh, he's, he's, he's primarily doing the evening services. Well, you know, uh, the TV cameras, some, something didn't work out right with that. He said, well, you boys just come along with me. We'll put you to work. You can run the product table with the, with the, the books and the recordings and all that. And, you know, whatever else. So they said, well, we'll have you work the prayer lines. Okay. So we're going to work the prayer lines. That's our job. We're going to work the prayer lines. Which basically means we're in a parking lot of a hotel. we got a piece of carpet that goes across the front, a rolled out there. And we're, he's going to be laying hands on people every night service like that. And, you know, you don't want people falling and bouncing on the pavement. Even if they don't get hurt, it kind of irritates people to, when you see folks bounce off the pavement. So you, you always have a catcher. All right, people say, well, if you fall in the spirit, you don't need a catcher. Well, not everybody's totally in the spirit. Right. And that flesh part can really hurt sometimes, you know. So, <laughs> so, we, uh, so what we're going to do is they've taught us how to catch. We're going to work the prayer lines every night. We're going we're to be the catchers. Well, we went, you know, uh, probably Sunday night, and we went Monday night, and Brother Hagin's, you know, and we had this like a, a leapfrog kind of a thing. One would, you know, we'd just stand behind people in case they fell into the power of God. And so if the first one went down, you know, the first guy would catch that one. And then he'd lay hands on the second one. The second guy would catch the second one. And, and then the first guy would come around to the third person. We'd leapfrog our way all the way down the line. Easy, you know. Well, one night, I'm headed somewhere with this. I think it's maybe the third night. He gets up and he says, uh, he says, the Spirit of God's been dealing with me for a period of time now, telling me it would... It would uh, benefit me to study on the glory of God. You know, now I, re I vividly remember this. He said, he's, he's told me to study on the glory of God. Now, you have to understand, I'd never heard anything about the glory. I went through Brother Hagin's school through, you know, nine months of rhema. I don't remember anything being said about that. You know, in nine months, you got a number of subjects you're trying to get covered. So I, this is all new territory for me. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But everything else he said has been a, a good help. So I'm going to listen really good. So he's going to teach on the glory. And he said, and this afternoon while I was praying about the service, the Holy Ghost said, minister on the glory tonight. I thought, okay. Well, now, again, actually, I found that recording in my phone a while back. I found that service. I got it in my phone. I've gone over and over and over, and it's really messed me up in a, good, in a really good way. But um, 
he began to talk about that. And he went scripturally. He went through all the Old Testament scriptures that he had, probably not all of them, but majority, where it talked about the glory of God. And, it, the, and the glory of God appeared to people. And, it, and, and you know, Second Chronicles, uh, the fifth chapter, the end of the chapter where it talks about the dedication of Solomon's temple when the singers and the praisers became as one, singing and making melody and saying, for the Lord's goodness, mercy endures forever. Suddenly the place was filled with a cloud. Yeah. So the priest could not stand to minister, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so um, uh, and the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Well, looked like a cloud moved in. The glory of God is called the glory of God. So you don't always see it, you don't always feel it, but some. But usually, when it shows up, you'll you'll know the presence of God's in there. Yeah. It's a heavy presence of God, is what it is. Yeah. And uh, sometimes folks will see it, sometimes they won't. Sometimes it'll appear like, uh, oh, I'll get to that later. But anyway, um, and, and, and uh, then we go to the seventh chapter of Second Chronicles, and, and, and suddenly the, the place was so filled with that cloud that nobody could even get into the temple. I mean, the place was so filled. So anyway, so he goes through all these Old Testament scriptures. Then he comes into the New Testament scriptures where the glory of God was manifest in places. And then he began talking about through his life and ministry. The times when he'd be in meetings and the glory of God, sometimes it'd show up like a, uh, a, a, like a mist or like a fog. And he, not everybody would see it, but he'd see it in there. And, uh, you know, he talked about one time when, when uh, it came in like, a, like waves of the sea. You know what that looks like around here, yeah. you know. Come in like waves of the sea. Come rolling in like a fog and roll back in there. He said he'd get up on the platform because he knew if he didn't get out of the way, he'd get in the middle of that and he'd go out down under the power of God and nobody would be there to close the service. So he said he'd back up and let that come in. And there were times, there were times it'd come in, people would get healed all over the building. There were times it rolled in like that. Every sinner and every backslider in the place would suddenly find themselves at the altar getting right with God. It would be a sudden manifestation of the supernatural power of God that flow in. And he didn't very often tell people what he saw. If you do that, people quit. They, they start looking for the fog instead of experiencing the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So, anyway, so he's going through all this. Well, one thing I did notice, you know, I wasn't necessarily the sharpest knife in the drawer, but one thing I did notice was the longer he talked about that, the thicker this presence came in that tent. There was, there was a presence there. You know, sometimes you, you, can't, you can't tell what it is, you just know what it isn't. And there was this presence that just kind of this presence began to, to build in that tent. Well, about that time, he finishes the service. He gives an invitation. People run from everywhere, come to the front, fill up the front of the tent. They take all these people to another tent. And the crusade director took him over there. Uh, Buddy Harrison took him over there and uh, got them all uh, born again. Uh, backsliders coming back. Got them all baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that's all being. And, and so that's going on over here. And Brother Hagen said, "Now, if you need healing in your body, now we're used to this." He said, "If you need healing in your body, just come to the front." Well, man, they lined up all the way out the back of the tent, out into the parking lot. And so. You know, so we're, we're young, we're healthy, we're in good shape. We'll go, well, we, if we have to catch them all weekend, that's not a problem. Wouldn't want to do it today. But anyway, <laughs> but I'm trying to cut this short because we could go hours in this. But when they, they began, they, they came up and, and uh, our job was to line people up and get them ready. And then Brother Hagan would come up and he'd lay hands on them. That was the ministry God had given to him, a ministry of laying on of hands. Every believer should lay hands on the sick, but it was, it was a calling on his life. Yeah. And so uh, 
So we, we, we got, I'd, I don't know, maybe, what, 40 people we could get across the front of that tent. Got them all lined up. We've already done this maybe two nights. We got this down. We're good at this. But what happened, he began to lay hands on people. He gets to the first one. He says, now, Lord, uh, by the direction of the head of the church, the Lord Jesus, we lay our hands upon these folks. And by the law of contact, he had this, he'd pray this same prayer every night. You know, by the law of contact and transmission, contact in my hands transmits God's healing virtue into these people to effect a healing and a cure from the top of their head to the soles. So, we're, you know, we know where he's headed with this. You can tell I heard it a few times. 40 years ago, 45 years ago. But anyway, um, he, uh, he started laying hands on people. And, you know, he prayed. And the first one, you know, after a few seconds, went down under the power. You don't get healed because you fall. If that was the case, some people would be healed all the time because they're always tipping over somewhere. But, you know, but the first one went down. He moves to the second one. And he gets to about the third one. And all of a sudden, that presence that he'd been talking about. I didn't see anything. I'm too busy catching bodies. But all of a all of a sudden, that presence moved in. I didn't see it, but there was a presence that came into that tent like nothing I'd ever been around. I'd been saved a couple of years now, but I'd, I'd never been around anything like that. This presence moved in, and as it did, Brother Hagen, he'd been laying hands on people. It got to about the third or the fourth one. He backed up and turned to the other end of the tent and held his hand out and just took off running. He wasn't laying hands on people. He wasn't touching people. He just held his hand out and took, out run, uh, took off running. Well, I didn't know what was going on except that as he ran peop but past people, folks were falling every direction. You know, I got two in this arm. I got two in this arm. One's against my chest. I got one across my feet. And I'm watching bodies falling everywhere thinking he's not going to be happy with me. I'm telling you, I'm supposed to catch people. And he's going way too fast. We, we you know, so there's people. It looked like a war zone in there. Bodies laying everywhere. He gets to the other end, and some guy had his wits about him, and his brother Hagen ran past him. The guy just hooked his arm through brother Hagen's arm, swung him around, and swung him into a chair. He plopped down on the chair and just sat there. Gave us just enough time to drag all the bodies off of the ministry area and line up the next line. He gets up, turns around, holds his hand out, and runs this direction. And I'm telling you, he, he didn't have time to touch anybody. He wasn't tapping them on the forehead. The glory had moved in. And when the glory comes in, it's bigger than any person. It wasn't just what was on him. It was in the place. See, the Holy Ghost, there's a, part, there's a dimension of the Holy Ghost that's in you. Dimension of the Holy Ghost that will come upon you. But then there's a time when the Holy Ghost will work among you. And when you get to that third part, that's what the church has been missing for a while. We're good at having him in us. Greater is he that's in you. We're pretty good at having him upon us. You know, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me. But I'll tell you, when he gets among you, you just want to learn how to cooperate with him. And suddenly the Holy Ghost was among in that tent. I'd say maybe 800 people in that tent. I don't know. But he, and so anyway, oh, through that night, let's put it this way. By the, five, by the time the meeting's over with that night uh, we finally got everybody up off the, the, the ground and headed for home and actually in a week's meetings a week of meetings we saw more people healed that one service than we did all the other nights wow. combined yeah. why the presence the presence sometimes folks sometimes folks can get something in the presence they haven't been able to get any other way the greater the presence, you know, it's like, it's like you got a combination of your faith is here and the presence is here. Okay, sometimes there's a little bit, little bit of presence and you really need your faith to be working. 
Sometimes there's a whole lot of presence that doesn't take quite as much faith to get hold of some things. Be my best explanation. Sometimes folks are struggling to get their faith working. If you can just get them over into a meeting where the Holy Ghost is flowing, some folks are going to get miracles they just haven't been able to get any other way. Amen. So anyway, all I know is the hotel was right across the parking lot and this other fellow that, that uh, um, I was working with, uh, they had a room for us. We, we headed back across the parking lot. And I still I vividly remember saying, God, I don't know anything about this. They didn't have this in the church I grew up with. I didn't hear this in Bible school. I don't know anything about this. But I just, I just got my feet in something I've never been around before. And I don't understand it, Lord. Don't claim to. But all I'm saying is, if this is available for today, I want it. Not because I want a fame and fortune. I saw what this does for people's lives. I know what it does when that presence came in. I saw more lives changed in one night than I've ever seen in weeks at a time. I said, God, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to find out. And I'm just telling you right now, Lord, I'm telling you if this is available, I am a candidate. And to be real honest with you, if this is available and I don't get it, then I'm not even interested in doing what you want me to do. I'm going to be like Moses. God, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. I wasn't being obnoxious. I just said, God, if this is available, I'm a candidate. I want this. I want this. I saw in one, one night, I saw what it'll do. Well, long story short, you know, um, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to have to, I'll, I'll cut this back. But we, um, I, I went about a year later. Uh, I went to Colorado. I was a youth pastor. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. Was a youth pastor, but I do know in the summer of that year, which would have been 75, 76, uh, summer of 1976, I believe it was, we had a youth camp in the mountains of Colorado. And uh, I don't had maybe 60, 80, 100 kids, I don't know, something like that. I don't recall exactly. But I do know the last night, um, the, the football coach was one of our uh, uh, chaperones, whatever you call them, and went along. Oh, what? Counselor. Counselor, counselor yeah. And uh, so he was there, and, and he, he, you know, he wasn't a preacher, wasn't a teacher. He's the football coach. Well, the last night I said, uh, our, guest, our guest speaker had to leave a day early, so I said, Coach, you got it tonight. Just get up and talk. Just do something. So he got up there, and he just exhorted the kids to live right. And as, in, in the middle of that, wow. in the middle of it, that cloud came in again. That, I didn't see it, but I thought, I'm back in that tent in Detroit. That cloud came in. I felt like I was walking in a fog for about two hours. Kids were getting healed. Kids had never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, got their hands up, praying in tongues, walking around. Kids that were at each other's throats, didn't like each other, hugging, getting the love of God working between them. And, and I look now, there are probably, probably 30 to 40% of the kids in that meeting are serving God somewhere around the world. They're all over the world. They're, all, they're Europe, they're in Asia, they're in Australia. They're all over the world. And it wasn't because I was a great youth pastor. There's a, that's a guarantee. I, I attribute their future and where they were, they, they were launched out to, I attribute that to getting in the glory of God. In one service, it changed their lives. I didn't do it. I'm just watching Coach Van do you know. So anyway, and, and uh, I'll give you another example. Um, we could, like I said, we could go on and on and on. Um, uh, I, my, my own, my, my dad... Um, Got healed in the service. Mobile, Alabama, 19... Oh, goodness, was it 1992? 92, 93? And um, he and my mom, are, they're leaving Michigan to go down to Florida, take a few weeks off, and to kind of semi-retire a little bit. And uh, 
Holy Ghost, Spirit of God told me. I, I was getting ready to minister one night. The pastor said, you ministered tonight. We're in a camp meeting, conference. He said, you, he said, you ministered tonight. I, so I went, you know, got ready to pray to get ready. And the Holy Ghost said, minister on the glory tonight. I said, well, I don't know, Lord, I don't know if I know that much about it. Well, it's in the Bible, so work at it. So I went in and ministered on the glory. And the further I went talking about the glory, the thicker it got. You get what you preach. The thicker it got. And uh, got to the end of the service, and I, I said, well, I don't know what else to do. If you need healing, come up here, line up. We'll just lay hands on you. That's all I know to do, you know. And um, thought, we'll lay hands on you, and then we'll, go, we'll all go home for the night. Come back tomorrow. Week-long meeting. Got ready to lay hands on folks, and inside I heard the Spirit of God say, uh, someone here has deterioration of the spine. Call them up here. I want to I heal them. I said, okay. So I said, somebody here has de- I didn't even know what that was. I guess it's an arthritic condition where the spine actually does deteriorate, I guess. I said, somebody here has de- deterioration of the spine. Come up here. God wants to heal you. Well, wait, and I wait, and I wait. And all of a sudden, here comes my dad walking from the back row up to the front. I walk over, and I leaned over, and I said, yeah, what do you need? You know. He'd always said, you know, your mom and I will come to some, some meetings, but just leave us alone. Don't introduce us. Don't, don't make an issue out of it. If we have time to go out for an iced tea or something afterwards, we'll do that. But, you know, don't make a spectacle out of us. Just leave us alone. I said, okay. So all of a sudden, he's at the front. So I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know what he needs. So I leaned over. I whisper, what is it? He said, that's me. I said, what's you? He said, deterioration of the spine. That's what he mean. He said, I just had it diagnosed before we came down here last week. The doctor says, I have deterioration of the spine in my neck. Said, just decide which way you want to be looking because soon it'll freeze up and you'll be locked there the rest of your life. Decide which way you want to look because it will lock up. And I, I looked around and he's the only one that came up. I said, well, dad, it must be you. I guess you're the only one up here. I reached out, put my hand on the back of his neck. I barely touched his forehead. He dropped like that to the, to the floor and spent a week drunk in the Holy Ghost. All week long. Instant, instantly healed of deterioration. I mean, God not only healed him of it, he restored the spine. Instantly healed of deterioration of the spine. And, uh, oh my goodness, then he got dangerous. Um, You know, he's laying on the floor, and I told the ushers, I said, pick him up. They picked him up, and I thought, I don't even know why I said that. Pick him up. I was going to say, pick him up, take him back to his seat. I said, pick him up. They picked him up. His legs aren't working. You know, they got him, they got him by the arms. They picked him up. And without thinking, I said, bring him over here. Well, he didn't want to be, you know, he said, just leave me alone. Just don't, don't, you know, don't do anything, you know, to, don't, don't, don't introduce us or anything, you know. And so I said, bring him over here. And I thought, now what am I going to do? They drag him over. His feet are dragging behind him. And I said, somebody grab one of his arms and put it on all these sick folks. Put his hands on. I thought, oh, I'm go- he's not going to be happy with me. <laughs> so two ushers are dragging him. Another one's got his hand and he's slapping him on the pe- people's foreheads. <laughs> and here we go again. Bodies flying everywhere. The, the pastor jumps out of his seat, running up down the aisles, crying, going, everybody get up there. Everybody get up there. Everybody get up there. Get some of this. My goodness, go get some of this. Everybody. So all of a sudden, my dad's not praying for the sick. He's praying for the church. And people, I'm telling you, we, we had a move of God break out in there. They had, we finally got him into the car. My mom drove him that little trailer they were pulling, got him out to the trailer, got him inside, came back to the next morning service, walked in, hugged one of the ushers. They both hit the floor and he's gone all day again. 
So he goes home. He says, he says, I don't know what's going on. Every time I think about what happened to me in that meeting, my hands start burning. He said, what's that? I said, I don't know. I didn't do it. He said, well, what should I do? I said, I don't know, but probably if it was me and my hands burned, I'd probably try to find somebody to put them on. I don't know. He said, okay. So he goes out to this little trailer park place where they're staying. And he starts, he's a salesman, okay, never meets a stranger. So he starts going door to door. Knocks on the door, says, got any sick people in here? And, you know, church folks go, no, I don't think so. But the sinners would go, yeah, we sure do. Yeah. He, he said, can I come in? Yeah, come in. He said, I want me to pray for you? Sure. He said, but stand in front of a chair somewhere because you're probably going to fall backward over the chair. Now, I, don't know how the, I don't know what this is, but probably you're going to fall. And they'd look at, well, okay. He'd go in there, start laying hands on people. They'd fly backward over couches and chairs. And, and he'd go to the next house. People start getting healed all over that trailer park. He'd go to some place, he'd say, he'd say, you got any sick people here? And they'd say, no. And he'd go, well, you want to feel God? <laughs> well, he didn't know, you know. All he knew was his hands burned. So he's going through the trailer park, laying hands on people. Folks are laying on people falling over chairs and couches and all this. And so they go back up to Michigan. He's selling earth-moving equipment at the time, you know, road, county road commissions and and uh, graders and backhoes and all that. He's going. He's going to these guys that you know, uh, um, bigwigs in in the that part of the of the government. And he found one guy in the hospital dying of stomach cancer. Guy that he knew. He went and found him. Walked in. He says, "Well, you want to get sick? You want to stay sick? You want to do surgery? Do you want God to heal you?" Amen. Guy said, "Well, I guess I'd rather have God heal me." Laid hands on him. They came to get him the next day. Stomach cancer totally gone. Went back, found him the next day, got him born again. Well, now I'm not saying, you know, you get in the glory, that's going to happen. I'm just saying, sometimes getting in the presence of God will accelerate what's on your life that you should have been doing all along. And I got to get stopped. My goodness, we could, we could just go on and on and on. And on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give me three more minutes. Three more. Three, six, nine, twelve. We were doing a meeting in Birmingham, Alabama. Another minister and us, and, and uh, church in Birmingham, probably about eight, 1985, roughly something like that. We're doing this meeting. And we'd come in every night. We were doing a week of meetings. We'd come in every, every night, and there was this sweet little lady in a wheelchair uh, right on the side of the, this aisle over here. We'd come in that back door. And uh, she was in a wheelchair, and her, her arms and her hands were all twisted up like that. Her legs were all twisted up. She couldn't move anything. But she just glowed. You could tell she just loved Jesus, you know. But physically, she couldn't move at all. Well, we'd, we'd go night after night. We'd lay hands on sick. She'd never get in the line. Had another lady, younger lady, that sat with her. Found out later it was her daughter. Well, we get to this one night. This other fellow's preaching. Uh, Janet and I are sitting on the front row. And uh, he's, he's got a line of people to pray for, for healing. And, and all of a sudden, we look at this lady's right here in this wheelchair. She's just sitting right there. Her daughter's behind her. She's pushed the wheelchair up right behind her <laughs> she, she uh, we get over there and, we, and when, when he got to this lady he looks at me and he goes Mark come up here let's just double team the devil I said okay so I get up I walk over there he's on one side of the chair I'm on the other side of the chair we got ready to lay hands on this lady and both of us that glory fell I'm telling you the presence of God filled that church just fell in there when it fell we fell he flew that direction I flew this direction 
Now, I'd already encountered that once. First time we ever met this fellow, um, we are in his church. Janet was with a singing group, and I was the manager, not one of the singers, but the manager of the group. And we were in his church, and, and I spent the whole night. I spent the whole night lost in the Holy Ghost. I fell over chairs. I fell over speakers. I fell over monitors. I had black and blue spots all over me the next day. I thought, how did I get all those black and blue spots? Well, I spent the whole night on the floor. Never been around anything like that. Okay? So, anyway, so he says, come up here. So he falls one direction. I fall the other. So we get up. We stand beside the chair again. Both of us hit the floor. Pretty soon he... Somebody, one of the ushers was able to get him around the waist and drag him up. I crawled up on my hands and knees, took hold of the arm of the chair. Both of us reached up and put our hands on this lady's forehead. And it was that presence. We'd had, this is like third or fourth night of the meeting, but that presence moved in. So the daughter just turned the chair around, pushed to the back, pushed her back to her place. And he continued laying hands on folks. Nobody thought anything of it. And all of a sudden I looked and everybody is turned around looking toward the back door. I thought, what are they looking at? We turned around to look and this lady's coming up the aisle, walking up the aisle with her hands raised like that. Everything working. Her feet are working. Her hands are working. Her she got to the back and the, the glory got to working on her. And she got up and I thought she was quite a ways up in years. And, and I thought, isn't it real interesting? I, I just had this witness that she's going to heaven before long, but she got a glorious healing before she went. It's really incredible. Oh, we could go on and on, but it was the, it's that presence. It's that presence. It's when the Word and the Spirit come together. It's not, oh, we don't need the Word anymore. Are you kidding me? The, the glory has to have something to work with. Glory to God. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. As Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. Jesus said, John the 11th chapter, 40th verse, he said uh, to Martha, didn't I tell you if you'd believe you'd see the glory of God? Lord, we're going to mix our faith with that. We're not interested for entertainment. We know what the glory of God will do. Manifested presence of God. Father, I thank you. Just still got such a stirring for the church world, for uh, our ministries, okay? But for, for, for this house, for this house, we know our houses are to be called houses of prayer. But at the same time, they ought to be houses for your glory. Yeah. Ought to be houses for your glory. So, Father, I thank you for this house. In the days and weeks and months and years to come, Father, I thank you for seasons and manifestations of the glory. I thank you for it, Father. May we, may we see it as it was, oh my goodness, back in Azusa Street. As it was down at the yeah the, the school there in, in, in Texas and, and even in, in even in, in um, even in uh, uh, Romania, when all of a sudden people from neighboring neighborhoods could see looked like the building was on fire. Call the fire department. When they get there, it's the fire of God. The whole roof looked it was on, like it was on fire. It was the glory. It was the glory. The building didn't burn up, but people came from far and wide, and they'd come and get in that kind of a presence. I thank you for that, dear Father. Hallelujah. Whole subdivisions, whole sections of cities. Suddenly there'll be this presence. People know it's not a fog, it's not a cloud. There's something here with something here, something here. What is that? And the church will be able to say, that's the presence of God. That's the presence of God. You get in that, it'll change you. And we thank you for it, dear Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth. We, we call that for this house. It's part of your plan, your purpose that you've had all along. For such a time as this. We thank you in Jesus' name, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Well, let's let's give him thanks. Hallelujah. Glory to God.